Education is sponsored by Participate, a community learning platform where the world learns together. Later in the episode, we'll hear about one of Participate's partners, The Sandbox, and how you can get involved in its free community learning opportunities and live streams. God bless Satanism. <laughs> Welcome to On Education, part of the On Podcast Media Network. My name is Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will debate the top tech tools for educators, how parents are the new Zoom bombers. And our guest this week is educator and CEO of Ymaker, Liz Gallo. So Glenn, Mm. ask me what I was doing (laughs) just... I had to. I couldn't resist it. Every episode was the same thing. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you though what I was doing just before we went live. Uh, I'm. I'm. I was looking up um, um, steering wheel sets and like mm. mounting kits for video game steering wheels because <laughs> this is the level of nerdiness that I want to attain. Um, is that you can legitimately you can buy Mm -hmm. um, seats that you sit in that have like a mounting place for like the the gear changer which you can purchase yeah yeah a a steering wheel and pedals all made by like Logitech makes all of this yeah yeah. um and then and then you buy like a mounting kit that mounts (laughs) it all onto like a chair for you um. And and then and you, just... you can be a race car driver. <laughs> then that's how you know that you would be a race car driver. Then you you will have arrived I was um, say, once you have done that. <laughs> I was going to say you could play um, um, the the farming game, the farm simulator game with me. Oh, that's what I should do. <laughs> and, then, and then be able to drive the tractors with, with me. The rig. <laughs> I just put on a. a a hat, a, what do they call those hats? I, I, I want to think of the straw hat. Yeah, put on straw a straw, hat. put on a straw hat and wear some overalls. And I hey. could like, I could like role play on stream. Yes. Listen, listen, if you want that, if that's what you want, you, you get after me on Twitter and let me know if you want me to role play farmer, farmer oh Mike That'd be on so stream, funny, dude. it would God, be so be funny. I'll yeah. even play country music. I'll get a little stereo nice. and put it beside me. Um Heck and yeah. we'll do that. The um yes. the basement <laughs> is um going to be done in three weeks. Wow. It it's is coming, coming along. Yeah, man. So they're gonna do the prime um painting um on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um they're doing like the the bathroom tiling and stuff on like Thursday and Friday. Um, I believe the all next week is flooring. Uh, and then the week after that is like trim and mm. my, I'm getting like a custom desk. I'm so excited about Dang. my desk. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, and I bought this new lens for my camera, um, mm-hmm. that has like the, the super small depth of field so that, uh, the background you can see is, is blurry behind me. Yes. Um, it's, it looks super dope. So super dope <laughs> it looks good uh so so i'm excited so it's the the ultimate nerd is right here yeah man yes. so so i will um be in the the new studio basement 
basement studio. Mm-hmm. And uh and and I will be racing cars. Um <laughs> Almost simulated cars. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Super um, fun. So that's that's exciting. Um, just a reminder to everybody: we we've got new stickers. I'm going to throw mm. Audrey under the bus again and say, you know, if you want a new sticker, she is getting all of the stickers. I literally ordered them and sent them to her. Yes. <laughs> so that is so all the stickers are going to Audrey. Everybody, you got to follow her. <laughs> that's right. Follow Audrey follow on back. Twitter. and and ask for stickers yes and and she will she will oblige let's Um, get audrey to a thousand followers (laughs) sorry i don't even know where she's at right now i don't i don't know i I haven't looked i haven't looked but i'm just saying (laughs) she'll she'll be she'll she'll be at a thousand followers because people see 100 percent there's her needs a thousand deserves and needs a thousand followers right now and then you can all request stickers um, we'll see. True. <laughs> sorry, Audrey. That's exciting. I'm not sorry. Uh, thank you, Audrey, uh, for that. Um, yeah. So, so we talked to Sam Carey last week. Yes. About tech tools, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk because um, Jonathan Eckert um, wrote an article for Edutopia: Ten Teacher Picks for Best Tech Tools. So you yes. see this article, you see this article in one way, shape or form every like six months or so. Yes. Um, so I, I'm not sure why we're talking about it this time in particular, but other than that. I'm excited. <laughs> other than that, yeah. I, I actually think mm-hmm. this is probably the best version of this list that I've seen in, in years. I agree. I like see, this list yeah. of apps. Yeah. I, I Though, think... Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, bud. Sorry. I was just going to say, <laughs> though, the first one, uh, or number 10, yeah. I originally read that as Parlor, and I was like, oh, are that we really, right. are we really directing our students to the, to the right-wing fever dream chatting place? I, I thought of that exact same thing, too, though. I, I said Parlay. I never had actually heard of it. And then I went and looked at it and it is fantastic. I had never heard of it and it's number 10 on this list. So it made me excited about checking out some, a, a new uh, tool. And um, it, it definitely, as it says here, it facilitates discussion. Um, and I, it, it's, it's different than anything I've seen out there. So definitely they have something very, very interesting. And again, I never had heard of it and I'm glad it's not parlor. <laughs> I'm glad. Parlay. Glad. Parlay. Yes. Yes. Parlay. <laughs> so, so I don't think we need to like, like Flipgrid's on here. Seems yeah. obvious why. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight was Ed Puzzle, which Sam and I talked about last week. And yeah, um, it seems I have always been a fan of it. And it's, yes, it, it deserves a spot on this list. Number seven is Pear Deck. I'm surprised Nearpod's um, not there. Right. Because you know, they're competitors, you know? Yeah. So I mean I mean Nearpod would probably hate if I said that you can you could insert Nearpod in here and Paradac would probably hate me if I said that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but like those two are fairly interchangeable. They have some obviously yeah. different features from each other and, and certainly Nearpod is you know branching into some other interesting spaces. Um but but Nearpod Paradac is on the list here. Yes. Um and number six is Prezi. Prezi is like the OG 
That's of, an OG. Of, yeah. Uh, of the of the uh, the new wave of presentation um, tools. I was using Prezi in 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, I, I Prezi was actually might be one so of... old, Mike. It might be so old that it might be hip now again. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> which is good for me because I was, I was actually one of the first Prezi. Um, they they had like a small like ambassador mm. group, yeah. Um, that you had to apply to be in, and they only there was like maybe twenty of us um in 20 like 12 and i was yeah. one of them i am a what did they call it the prezi educators society uh, and, i like and it i am i am in the prezi educator <laughs> society allegedly um, <laughs> um and used prezi uh for mm. a bunch of things back in the day um who was it that said they they didn't like prezi i think it was mark otter says that you, you didn't like prezi i don't remember <laughs> But I thought it was funny. There's been some Prezi's <laughs> come up a couple times in the last little while. So yes. what's number what's number five? Number five is Screencastify. And it's interesting. Um I guess Screencastify is the one that's a, a Chrome extension, right? It must be. It has to be. Yeah. And yeah, there's other ones be. too. There's like um Screencastomatic. I love Screencastomatic. Yep. That's my another favorite. One. Um there's a uh, Loom. Loom is another one. Uh, so okay. a screencasting tool, I would say, definitely needs to be on this list. Screencastify, the the advantage it has is that it automatically saves to Google Drive. So I could see where where you would, especially for students, you don't need to do mm. a bunch of different steps. You click mm -hmm. on an extension, it turns it on. You press record. When you stop it, it automatically puts it in your Google Drive and you can submit it, you know, to whatever might be your LMS or whatever. So I could see that. So it, it, it that it's Screencastify, it could be, a, there's a lot of them. It's just sure. a preference. It's user preference. Sure. Though number four, I didn't know anything about it and you were talking to me about it. I and I, I spent uh, quite a bit of time today exploring it because it's fascinating. Which one is that one? <laughs> so mural, mural. Um, yes. So there's there's a few of these too. Um, we use um, mural, and there's also Miro. They both mm. they sound exactly the same. So we actually <laughs> joke all the time at work about whether we're using mural or Miro. Yes. <laughs> and, and if you say it really fast, you can't tell which one they're actually which talking about. <laughs> so there's mural, M U R A L, and there's Miro, M I R O. Um, mm. but, um, they are, um, kind of this new generation of, um, collaborative brainstorming slash storyboarding slash kind of mind mapping tools, kind of the, 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 the next generation of, of like the, um, the one I used to use when I was, um, doing stuff like this was the smart. So smart makes, a. Mm -hmm. a mind mapping um application and that's the one i used to use but these are so much more powerful and they're all entirely web-based so you don't have to install any sort of client they are um fully collaborative in real time you can actually awesome. watch people's mouse cursors moving around the screen as they're doing different things um actually if you want to see a really interesting demonstration of it if you go to the participate YouTube channel and look up the uh, the sandbox live streams yeah. um, that I do every other Thursday, um, I believe 
episode eight hmm. of that is the brainstorming. It's the brainstorming um, episode. And you'll actually see that I use Miro, M-I-R-O. Uh, I use Miro with Steve Isaacs in the stream okay. um, and, and make a brainstorm for a game I'm making live on stream in kind of real time. Um, but uh, it's and he was he was on the stream with me, but he was talking and editing the the story or the the brainstorm at the same time as I was. And and you could see him typing in things and stuff like that. I, cool. I think that there's tons of uses, especially in kind of the world we live in now. Um, you know, in particular, um, it's kind of made for this moment for sure. Mm. Um, so, so that's, that's number four. And, uh, number three is one of I'm your favorites. I'm so excited. Yeah, so, so Gimkit made this <laughs> list. I'm so excited that Gimkit is on the top 10 list and, and none of the competitors are on this list. So there is no Kahoot <laughs> on here. There is no quizalize or quizzes or quizlets which are all ginormous companies and gimkit is number three i'm just i'm super pumped about that i mean what a from a student's mind yeah and while he was in school in collaboration with his teacher formulate this idea and make it come to fruition and then now are on the top 10 and i know they come out all the time but just to be on there definitely legitimizes. Not that he they needed that right now, but it it definitely legitimizes the tool, and it is awesome. It is unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm super happy um, that they have made the list. <laughs> awesome. I, I have never used Mentimeter or Slido. Yeah, have you? They, yeah, they're both like. Um, it's it's interesting that they're number two on this. I don't know if it's ranked numbers one through ten. I don't think it is. That's why in my mind it isn't because I would definitely not put both of those at number two. They're they're just quick feedback tools. You could do the exact same thing, Mike, with um, a Google form. You know, uh, it's just that they do it in a unique way where they, it can give you instant feedback. A lot of people use Mintimeter and the Slido tool during keynote presentations or those types of things to do a quick uh, poll of the audience and then put up the results uh, up on the, you know, on, on their presentation itself. I've seen it done like that. Um, I don't know how many teachers actually use that. So if you guys are using that out there, let us know on Twitter, uh, tag us on, at, on education pod um, or to Mike and I, cause it, it would be interesting. Are you using Mintimeter and Slido and in what ways are you using them? Um, it says Audrey, here, you can tweet Audrey too. Yeah. You could tweet Audrey for sure. <laughs> Um, it's a way to be able to collect feedback for groups. And I've seen that it's, it's not a, it doesn't blow you away, but it's a good functional, they're good functional tools. And then number one was kind of a cheese. Um, it was a cop out number one, I think. Don't you think? I don't know, man. It's the obvious. I mean, you need a learning <laughs> management system. Yeah. It's they, a- they personally call out, he personally calls out Canvas and Schoology, um, but mm-hmm. also mentions Google Classroom. Yes. Um, frankly these days i don't care what you use necessarily they're all pretty good yes um um so just as long as you use one because you gotta you gotta have a gotta place man you gotta yeah. manage your stuff these yeah. days it's it's a whole other world we're living in and i i think knowing a learning management system is like teaching 101 right now yeah absolutely. um and uh, you know for better or for worse it just is yeah. what it is right yeah 
Yeah. So, so for sure, learning management system is number one. Um, it would have been interesting for them to to name a specific one just for the controversy, you know, just for the, the discussion. But they they included all of them. Well, most of the ones that are the significant ones that are being used uh, at the moment. So yeah, hey, it was a good list. I was happy about it. I like it. I like it. We'll put that. Yeah. We'll put that article in the show notes. Hey, sure. speaking of teaching one hundred and one hashtag yes. segue, you know what they <laughs> you know what they don't teach you in teachers college? What don't, uh, what don't they teach you? <laughs> how to prepare for parents Zoom bombing your classes, <laughs> which is happening all of the time. Apparently, I don't. I don't. Thank God. Listen, um, I don't know how I, I almost want to go back and teach just to see how I would be teaching during this time. But I'm also thanking Mm -hmm. God every day. I'm not, you know, because I just don't, I don't know how I would do it. And, and I, um, you know, I listened to Cheryl, you know, in, you know, we, we, she has her classroom is, is the bedroom. And, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I listen to her every day and it's, um, it's something. And then the boys have both been home for the last three weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they just actually went back to school for the first day, uh, first time today. Um, so for in-person classes, but for, um, three weeks I've had to get, you know, Jacob in particular ready for kindergarten class on a, you know, um, on a Chromebook and, uh, Um, so, I mean, so what we did, uh, was, you know, I, we'd go in and we'd, you know, click on the Google meet forum and, you know, the teacher would usually say, hi, hi, Jacob's dad and, and or mm-hmm. Jacob's mom. And I, I wave and then I walk away or whatever. I get out of the, <laughs> get out of there. I don't want to like, you know, be whatever that would be. So, um, but, but, you know, I, I. I can imagine there are tons of horror stories of people just being on camera, looking over yeah. the shoulder, yelling. I mean, you you hear all of these. Oh, so much. Yes. Yes. And and basically it's the what we used to refer to as the helicopter parents. Yeah. And now they actually are over the shoulder of their kids. So they don't have to really, they're literally helicoptering around. And then just some of these examples that Julie Jargon writes uh, for the Wall Street Journal of what's occurred in classes are just, uh, you feel bad for kids. That's what I always think of. So when I see these things, yeah. I, I, I'm i grateful that's, you know, for the opportunity to be able to be a good dad and, and obviously my, my wife to be a good mom to our kids. And then also to understand too, that it's okay for, to let our kids be students and not have to be micromanagers of things. Even though we're also educators, doesn't mean that we know how to do stuff. It definitely doesn't mean that we have the right to go ahead and do, you know, some of the inter- uh, parents interrupting the teacher, uh, there's cursing in the background and just everything else in between that. Um, we'll make sure we link the article there for you guys. But it's it, it does show you, though, Mike, it was making me think how true how how it brings to light how different our kids' household home home lives are entirely. How, different. How, yep. And how 
um, how different education is for kids during these times, how, how varying levels are. Um, and so it, it definitely makes me have empathy for our students. Um, and I mean, you just wish that some parents would <laughs> just, <laughs> just stay out of the thing, you know, and let the teachers teach, but some people just can't help themselves. Um, and they may, and they've done just some, just some pretty gross things. Um, to teachers or calling out other kids in the class in the physical classroom i'm just like my god yes. wow. and 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 then and then to put the teachers in these in these precarious situations you know um uh teachers are kicking butt and doing an amazing job and and this yeah. is just another thing that you have to um get past and be able to go ahead and deal with you know and be able to go ahead and manage is a good is a good way to go ahead and put it I think I think the pandemic has reminded us that the one thing that the classroom always was was a consistent, safe, stable environment for student learning mm. um, where, you know, you could come to the same place every day and, um, you know, your teacher would be there yeah. um, and your um, friends were there. And you were, um, you were, you were safe and, you know, um, you know, every home in every classroom is completely different. Yes. Um, and we've said that a million times, but an article like this reminds you of how different, you know, you could be in like you know, upper middle class suburbia school and, you know, you're still going to get like a huge disparity between, you know, absolutely um, Anna and Jimmy and Thomas and Johnny all in the class and, you know, their their parents and their jobs and their 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 home and yes. where they live and how they access the internet and technology are all going to be entirely different. Yeah. And it's just um I have no desire for teachers to be forced back into the classroom in an unsafe way or an unsafe um situation or in a way that doesn't uh, allow them to feel like they can do their jobs. Um, without you know the risk of of you know contracting covid yeah but man um this reminds you how valuable the classroom was as just like even the place mm -hmm. right the actual yeah. like location was you know um was way more important for learning than i think maybe we ever gave it credit for Absolutely. Um, and, uh, I would be, um, shocked if, you know, two years from now when, you know, life sort of returns to some sense of normal, um, you know, I would want to see a really big push for funding for like the buildings. Let's get these places yes. back up to a standard Absolutely. that they should be at with the reminder that, this is the one safe, normal place where our kids go to learn. 
Um, and the the building was main, way more important than I think we ever thought it was. Absolutely. 100% agree, Mike. So we're going to end on a funny one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, this is funny. Um, so we've been talking. We've had we've had a couple guests on um, in the last month or so talking a lot about the new Biden administration um and and policy and stuff like that and what has come up a couple times is the um is is the topic of school choice we've talked about that on the podcast quite a bit over the few years if you've been listening um since the beginning you've heard it come up time and time again from us um you know but the 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 narrative remains or the the fact is that school choice is 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 a bit of a misnomer mm-hmm. um in a lot of ways but <laughs> uh, but most critically um when it comes to religion and that uh, a lot of the proponents of school choice are proponents of school choice because they want their children to go to a christian school specifically yep yeah a christian school um, there are other schools, um, you know, most notably, there are, are quite a few, uh, you know, Jewish schools in, in Canada. There are quite a few um, um, Muslim private schools as well, um, you know, but but pre- predominantly the school choice narrative is driven by um, Christians wanting their kids to go to Christian schools. Yes. So, yeah. Using public funds. Yes. Using That's, public yes. funds. Yes, exactly. Yep. So in Iowa, <laughs> in Iowa, they, they recently passed, I guess, I don't know, I, you know, Iowa seems like one of those states that probably should have been on the bus with this a while ago, um, considering their political leanings. But apparently just recently passed a bill that makes um, school choice and the public funding of private religious schools a lot easier. And I don't even know. I don't know how to bring this in, um, but it is so funny. A a the Iowa Satanic School is celebrating its its newfound status under this legislation to yes. create a Satanic school um, and bless their hearts because it is the ultimate. It is the ultimate school choice troll. <laughs> I, I love i love this sentence mike here it is our vision is that families in every district in iowa will have the opportunity to study satanism in yes. all its forms <laughs> that's love the it. concluding sentence of this <laughs> of this letter oh my god when i, when I was reading so I, was, I was cracking up and and just giggling inside as i was and, and and of course this person is thanking these these specific representatives who led the charge for this uh for this uh legislation to pass and it it yeah you're right it's the ultimate troll thanking the the gop the right-wing senators who obviously, you know, when they think of pri- uh, of of school choice and of uh, religious freedom in schools, definitely aren't thinking of Satanism. But bless <laughs> their hearts, uh, you know, they uh, they are now supporters of um, the Iowa Satanic <laughs> School. Um, I, I I think it's great. I I hope 
that uh, <laughs> this school actually becomes a real thing. Um, because um, because why not? Because why not? Um, you, if you're yeah. for religion, if you listen, if you're for religious freedom, you're for religious freedom. Absolutely. For everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so uh, there, there's like uh, you got to We'll put the site uh, yes. on on the show notes. So that you can go and see the, uh, you know, the curriculum updates article (laughs) um, where they uh, talk about, you know, the uh, the curriculum and the kind of some of their their guiding texts like the, uh, um, you know, the satanic uh, Bible, um, which is fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Who knew? Uh, uh, I will put it. Hey, God, God bless religious freedom. I, I love it. Yes. It's, uh, this, is, this is where it's at. Yes. So, uh, so there we go. We're ending, we're ending with, um, See, the Iowa satanic, satanic school. school. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, it's, it, it is, it is quite great. Mm. Um, speaking of quite great, another great segue. Um, we will be back in just a few minutes. Uh, talking to Liz Gallo from Ymaker, so stay with us. We are building this virtual community of educators who share an interest in game design and teaching new skills. We will use this space to connect, to collaborate, and innovate with Sandbox. That's Sebastian Bourget. He's the co-founder and chief operating officer at The Sandbox. This community is here to provide guidance, support, feedback, and suggestions on how to best use the sandbox within the context of teaching and learning how to make video games. It allows also to connect experts and educators, bringing together existing creators and members of the sandbox game platform community with professional educators. The sandbox community has grown into a vibrant space of 100 plus educators. How can you get involved? More to come later in the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. She's been a STEM and technology educator for over a decade, and she's the CEO of WhyMaker, a STEM professional development company that focuses on cultivating technology-based project plans with teachers to improve students' overall success. Welcome to the podcast, Liz Gallo. Ah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. Well, not a um, foreign word, especially, you know, the last, I'd say the last decade or so, there's been a bigger focus on making and, and creation, um, probably tied to our, our, you know, focus, increased focus on STEM and technology. But I, I, I wanted, I want to define the term, I think. So, Maybe before we get started, could you do us a favor and just define what what you would consider what a what you know making is in this context, what a maker space is, um, and and what being a maker is in in this context. Good questions. People ask all the time. So to me, maker education is the study of how we create and make things in our society and then to solve problems. So when we, you know, work with kids who are making, they are actively creating and working 
to solve a problem, whether that's, you know, to build a bridge or to help grandma get something down off of the tall shelf. Uh, they are working to physically make and create something. And that's when they're being makers, when they're actually doing the building and the creating and the designing. Uh, so, you know, we believe that education that incorporates making really excites kids. It connects to their natural curiosities, mm. um, their natural desire to create and explore the world around them, and their natural desires to help others. Uh, it's, you know, especially now, it's a gift that keeps on giving to our kids who just want some ownership and some control of, of what they're doing every day. So Liz, often when educators hear the words maker or makerspace, they associate that with technology. Mm -hmm. And so do you need technology to be a maker or to have a makerspace? No, you don't. You don't need technology to have a uh, I'm so glad space. you answered that right. <laughs> we were. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting, like, stories to take here, but you don't. You could be a maker with paper. You can use yeah. popsicle sticks. You could use recyclables. You can use whatever you have around you. You know, tons of maker spaces that we know work with podcast studios or, you know, they have green screens where kids are making videos and that's all like technology stuff, but it's not like always, it's not always 3D printers and laser engravers and these big fancy machines. It can be. And what we know is that the progression in a school usually goes from hands-on, crafty kind of supplies and materials and slowly progresses to more and more uh, expensive and complex machinery that kids get to use. And a makerspace doesn't have to be a whole space. It could be a corner of a classroom. It could be a box. It could be a closet. Um, it just is just the place where we're keeping this stuff that kids have freedom to explore and create with and build whatever they're, they're dreaming of and they're desiring. I was going to ask a follow-up about this. Sorry, Mike, mm -hmm. um, about ahead. this, that you just talked about the corner. Do you find now, Liz, especially in this situation, you know, obviously with people quarantining and so on, that parents are doing this also for their kids? Because I can imagine that, that as a parent, that's probably a great thing to do, is to have a space where you let your kids explore and, and not have the ability to be able to create as you described it, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to be technology based. Are you, are you finding that parents are, are, are more invested in this too? Yeah. So what we're helping parents with now is helping them be part of the maker experience with their kids. So mm -hmm. helping parents learn what questions to ask, learn, you know, how to step back and let the kids just do it and, not really interfere with what they're creating. Uh, so we're noticing that is really important. But we're also noticing that lots of kids who are home are not making and not creating. And they're sitting all day on their computer, you know, Google Slides, Google Forms, this, yeah. that, right? There's no substantial creating happening in these kids' lives. And then they get off and they go on a video game or they watch a movie. Or... 
So what, I, what we're trying to work with teachers now is to give kids substantial creating experiences as part of their school day. And when we do, kids are over the moon. They're, they love it. They're engaged. Their cameras turn on. Uh, they start chatting with their peers and lots of good things happen. So do you work with, do you work with teachers, I guess, to, to kind of encourage them to not be afraid to, to get their kids making things, even though they're not in person, um, it seems to me that 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 the whole idea of making is about as it should be about as pandemic proof as it gets. I mean, I mean, again, we just talked about the idea that all you need is is, you know, you could have paper and and some sticks that you can go find outside and you know, some rocks or, you know, whatever, you can be making things and not have to have iPads and Chromebooks and 3D printers, um, you know. So so what are some practical things that you've been telling teachers to do to get their kids making, especially during this time? Yeah, great question. So the biggest complaint is my kids don't have stuff. Or I can't trust that my kids have stuff at home, and which is probably really true. Uh, we're not you can't you never know what your kids have at home. You never know what their home situation is like. But kids do can find stuff if you really need them to find stuff. They can get boxes, uh, you know, food boxes are such a great tool to use in making. So. Everyone can find some food boxes around. That's a great place to start. Uh, paper. We do lots of stuff with paper. Mm -hmm. And to get your kids started with making, we teach all of our teachers we work with how to make a simple zine or zine, like a magazine, which is a folded eight-sheet little book you get after you fold it all up in a certain way. And you know, we watch kids do it on like Google Classroom or Google Meet and their faces just light up when they make this simple little eight page book and they're so happy. And, you know, then we ask teachers like, OK, what else is coming up? What else can you ask your students to create and make? Where can you put in a different option for kids instead of creating a Google slide or doing the Google form? Where can they, you know, in add their creativity, add their personality to a project. Even things like I was speaking with someone the other day who is an English teacher in a high school, and he said that he's going to ask his students to create like a memorial statue of themselves with stuff from around their house that represents them and then write a descriptive essay about that. You know, so it's combining the creativity and the, the art with the with the mindfulness and then the writing element too that he was looking for. So, you know, start small, give kids lots of options, let them be incredibly flexible. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We try again. It's not a big deal. I was going to say, like, I mean, I've never been to Brooklyn, but I imagine there are <laughs> trees in Brooklyn somewhere. Um, there are. And like, I mean, you can just go for a walk and there are things I, I used to tell my son this kind of stuff all the time when when he had to like make things for projects. We're lucky in, in Barrie, Ontario, where I live, there's lots of like forests and 
um, you know, there's actually like an escarpment area like right near my house. So there's like walking paths and stuff. And there's always stuff like, you know, that you can get sticks and and twigs and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I totally agree that there's. There's always things. There's always things like you said, cereal boxes, shoe boxes, you know, the newspaper. Yeah, if you get a newspaper every week, Lord knows you can do something with that. Most people aren't yeah. reading them. Your junk so, mail. <laughs> right, your junk mail, your coupons. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's tons of opportunities. And uh I, I think it's great that you're you're teaching teachers to 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 work with their students to take advantage of of those materials and reuse them. I wanna um switch gears just a little, maybe. Um, Liz engineering um has not always been a woman friendly field. To, to I think to say the least, um, and and I'm curious. You're you're the CEO of a company that um, focuses on engineering and STEM and technology, um, at, and I'm and I'm curious. Do you think that there are unique challenges? And and I'll also frame it as: Do you think that there are unique opportunities? Um, being a, a woman CEO in a previously and and typically male dominated field um you know i I'm, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on 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 where your place in all of this is and and you know your pathway how you've gotten to 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 this point um with that yeah so engineering is for girls it's actually a great career choice for girls because uh, right. engineers help people and they help the environment and they help animals and all the research shows that girls and women tend to focus on careers that help others. So when I speak with girls, when I speak with people who are encouraging girls, remind them all the time that engineers help people. And the and that's what attracts girls to the to the field. So you know, the sticky point is they feel like math and science aren't for them. They're not good at math and science. And, you know, there's research studies out there that show what happens when, you know, for example, there's a great study where a group of kids are playing with blocks and they're probably like seven years old. And it's all boys are crowded around this block, the blocks. And this girl tries to get in and they keep boxing her out because she's not supposed to play with the blocks. And ultimately she winds up stepping back because, and learning that girls don't play with blocks. This is a boy's toy. Uh, so as teachers, as educators, as parents, we have to be mindful of these things that are happening and make sure that we're letting all of our girls know this is for you. This is something you can do and just have your eyes open for situations like that where girls seem to be boxed out of these experiences. And for myself, uh, I was, when I was in college, I was a bio elementary education teacher and was very lost in the biology and didn't see the relevance to connect it to first graders. So I switched to math, science, technology, elementary education, and just fell in love with the act of teaching in this creative, hands-on design thinking way. And it's a combination of absolutely loving 
the act of teaching and loving supporting girls in the way I just spoke about, supporting all kids in the way I just spoke about, and, you know, really teaching kids in a way that is meaningful and is going to change our future if we continue down a path like this. Liz, you've been invited to be the keynote speaker at the International Technology and Engineering Educators Association, the conference. Mm -hmm. uh, can you give us some insight into what your keynote speech will be? I'm imagining making and makerspaces, but uh, any types of things that we can that uh, we can hear without giving away too much. Yeah, so I am absolutely honored, honored to have this keynote because this is the organization and the teacher association that raised me. When I first mm. got out of college, a group of teachers in this organization supported me in my first technology job and then continued awesome. to support me through you know, all my jobs, all the things that were going on and continue to support me today. So I am truly honored to be part of this. And the keynote is titled Teaching the Future, Harnessing the Superpowers of Being a Technology and Engineering Educator. And the goal of this talk is just to let technology teachers know, let engineering teachers know, let STEM teachers know that you're doing great. And I know it's so hard and there's so many obstacles right now, but you are powerful. You have a great system for teaching our kids and supporting them and helping them grow and learn and, and be successful citizens that you need to step into the limelight and help do that for as many kids as possible and let them know that these opportunities are out there for them. That's a fantastic message. Liz, how can our listeners connect with you online, um, maybe social media accounts, or and your website too? Yeah. So we are Ymaker, ymaker.co, W-H-Y-M-A-K-E-R dot C-O, and on all the social media platforms at Ymaker. So I am, I love meeting teachers. I love talking to teachers. I love talking to school leaders, uh, associations reach out to me, connect. I'd love to chat with you, hear what you're doing and make some new friends. Awesome. Amazing. Liz Gallo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The Sandbox is creating a learning ecosystem where educators can learn in weekly streams, bring ideas into their classrooms, collaborate with other educators, and become Sandbox ambassadors. Our goal through the stream is to show the world how low the barrier can be to teaching and learning game making through our no-code and accessible platform. Anyone can do it. Passion and education. You can feel it in the streams as we explore and share ideas around game design implementation in your teaching practice. Join the community to learn more at go.participate.com slash sandbox. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the On Podcast Media Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Monica Burns, Mike Matera, Tisha Richmond, and many more by visiting onpodcastmedia.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website, oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter. And I can be found on Twitter at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. 
We're also on Instagram at uneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Participate, for supporting us. Check out Participate.com to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.